Hey, listeners, we just wanted to give you a heads up at the beginning of this episode that today's episode of Babylon 5 contains some discussion of restrictive eating, discussion of weight and body image that could be upsetting for some listeners. So if that's going to be a tough topic for you, feel free to check out on that one. Is there any truth to the stories? There's the story she told us, but then the Mimbari never tell you the whole truth. I think it's stranger than any one of us can imagine. Take a good look, people. Big, beautiful, and crazy making. <laughs> I know what you mean. Uh, rather rude, sir. Hello, and welcome to Who Are You? A Babylon 5 watchcast by a couple of strangers who are now friends, getting to know each other over the show Babylon 5. I am Laura. And I'm Jafer. And Jafer, I get to ask you today, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Do you know who I am? I love that drop. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't let it go, huh? Like, I know that obviously us talking right now, we just pause to leave space for it mm -hmm. uh, to give everyone a peek behind the curtain. We're not one of those fancy podcasts that has the like all of the drops sitting in the front soundboard. of them the soundboard. Not us. Uh, yeah. Honestly, so much of ours uh, come after anyways that it wouldn't work that well. Mm hmm true uh, but in my mind as soon as you said it i heard the drop <laughs> i'm so proud of that that was like one of my first little audio editing adventures was mm -hmm. putting together that song and i was so proud of myself and i still am <laughs> yeah it's a lot of fun when you put together a real good one mm -hmm. i haven't done a lot of them for this podcast but i made a lot of them for draft the universe over the years yeah so much so that i made an app that has all of our drops on it Oh, that's, that's cute. Just like in the Android store. But that's not who I am. I've talked about all that already. You all know all that. I got to talk mm -hmm. about that again. Go back and listen to the old episode if, if you want to hear more about that. Today, I'm going to talk about my whiskey collection, which is something on the forefront of my mind as I am preparing to pack up my collected things and move for the first time in about seven years. Oh, no, that's the worst. And it's yeah. all fragile. <laughs> Right. And I have, I want to say I've got about 40 to 45 different bottles of whiskey oh my gosh. on my bar right now. And that's just the whiskey. I have quite a bar yeah. built up downstairs. And so it's just going to be a nightmare to move. Let me tell you about the saddest thing I've ever seen. Okay. <laughs> I was at a charity event where we arranged a stock the bar raffle. So mm -hmm. everyone on the board contributed a bottle of some kind of very nice liquor. We got some donations from liquor stores. It was a huge raffle of a whole bar setup, right? Mm -hmm. The guy who won it at the end of the night, you know, we all had a great time. He was a bit inebriated. He tried to pack this whole thing up in one box and take it down to his car and he dropped it. Oh, the saddest thing I've ever seen, like hundreds of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> so be careful. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. Oh. <laughs> I couldn't begin to guess 
how much my bar is worth. And part of that is in Michigan, bourbon prices are insane because they're not state regulated. There's a minimum, but there's no maximum. Uh, And so I have a ton of bottles of whiskey that I will like go down to Ohio to visit some of my friends down there, buy for like $30 that I have seen. This is not an exaggeration for $140 a bottle up here. Huh? Yeah. How does that happen? Someone bought it for that price or someone thinks someone will buy it for that price eventually. Okay. Weird. Yep. I <laughs> I mean when you're not op- some of it is stuff that's hard very hard to get in the state. Mm-hmm. Um that's very easy to get in Ohio. So I got to imagine you just drive down, fill up, buy six bottles, drive mm-hmm. back up and resell it. Whether or not that's legal, I'm not commenting on because I don't own a liquor store that does this. Yeah. Um but I assume that's what happens because I don't think many people get these bottles in through normal distributor means. Okay. Um, It's just stuff that doesn't make it here that often, which is something that supports that price. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. It's just, it's a ton. It kind of started on a lark. I've always like had a bit of a like, oh, you know, a nice whiskey kind of a thing. And then my friend Brad from college moved in during his internship in town and he had started to pick up a taste for it too when he was in at grad school getting his MBA. And so that kind of spiraled and we kind of fed off of each other. And both of us have extensive whiskey collections at this point. And then the other part of it was during the pandemic at my real job where I work, we had a history of doing happy hours where, you know, we'd get a keg and stuff and do all these things. We needed someone who was able to operate and clean all the kegging equipment. And as I had mentioned before, I apprenticed at a brewery in college. Mm -hmm. So I kind of became one of the beer guys at work. And then that led to, during the pandemic and the shutdown, me doing these cocktail hours where I would teach people where I work, I'd record a video of myself making fancy cocktails. And then we put it up and we'd put it before like a work digital trivia night or whatever we were doing. Yeah. So then work started buying me booze as well to film these happy hours with. That's the dream. (laughs) Isn't it though? Um, putting in expense reports for Mezcal. <laughs> like, oh, I needed that $70 bottle of Mezcal for these margaritas. Trust me. It makes Just a trust difference. Me. Yeah. That was literally my Tuesday. Anyways. So yeah, it's quite an extensive collection, mostly bourbons. I have a couple of Irish whiskeys. I have exactly one scotch abalore <laughs> for the okay. person who asked me eventually. Yeah. And it's just something that I've kind of done. I buy a nice bottle on occasions to commemorate them now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like uh, the day my best friend got married, I officiated his wedding and I stopped and picked up a nice bottle of whiskey on the way to the ceremony. And that's just sitting on my bar for when he comes over. Oh, that's real nice. Um, Yeah. Stuff like that. I have a disproportionate amount of liquor compared to how much I drink it. Uh, yeah, so do sure. we, really. And I, I got to get rid of some of it before I move. <laughs> yeah, that's now's the time to like give some gifts. <laughs> yeah, I'm having, I'm hosting a uh, get together in a couple of weeks. Yeah. A, a last hurrah before I move. Throw a nice wager. People, yeah, I'm hoping a lot of people don't show up with nice whiskey. <laughs> if you do, if you're a listener and you're going to this occasion, if you bring a nice bottle of whiskey, I won't be upset. And Ben's going to be the one who shows up. It's all like, yeah. I heard I was drinking all your whiskey. <laughs> I'm making the face, Ben. You know what one. I don't have to tell you. Well, someday you'll have to tell me what the favorite is. 
my favorite whiskey. I don't have a favorite. Pick a favorite oh. child. Um, <laughs> that is the worst possible answer to that question. <laughs> so my favorite bottle that's currently on my bar, right, mm -hmm. is I have a barrel bourbon that was aged in ice wine barrels from a liquor store in Ann Arbor. It was like a store pick. And I was there when they brought it out. I got bottle number one. And it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's just like, it's a cool little bottle. And then also it's just delicious. So that's probably my favorite currently, but I tend to not just buy a normal bottle. I tend to get store picks or limiteds or special editions mm -hmm. and stuff. So when I have it, I will only ever have this one bottle of it. <laughs> and I, I know this, like I can get other stuff that might be close, but there's always a difference. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very, um, uh, what's the, what's the word? It's a, it's a Japanese concept. Mano no aware, the fleeting quality of life. Okay. That, that's like... how I feel about my bourbon. The fact that the fact that this bottle is limited mm -hmm. makes it more worthwhile to me. It makes it more special. It makes me savor it makes me be more careful and appreciate it you live in the bourbon moment i do live in the bourbon moment where's my bourbon yeah so we got a okay. uh, season two episode four a distant star a little bit of stuff before this is a dc fontana episode oh is it okay yep um, i was gonna is... say we we open on a man who looks very much like he would enjoy a bourbon yes yes captain maynard does look like he would enjoy a bourbon this, I believe, is the first in a string of non-JMS episodes. Okay. It's either this one or we get one JMS and then we get like four that aren't. Okay. I'll be looking forward. I'll be paying attention now. But after we get through this kind of non-JMS hump, which I want to say ends around episode seven or eight without a list in front of me, mm -hmm. we've got like one more and then it's all JMS until season five. Wow. It's a so, lot of work. Yep. So yeah, we open on Captain Maynard of the uh, Earth Alliance ship Cortez. He's very cool. Um, he's got a beard. He's got his boots on his desk. He's sending a very particular message to Captain Sheridan. Yeah, the swamp rat. Back on Babylon 5 and CNC, Ivanova, who is still using a cane, I might point mm -hmm. out. So we know this was filmed very close to the incident. Uh, she hands over the received and apparently rude message to Sheridan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and can we just agree that Stinky is the nickname that was a placeholder that was meant to be replaced with Control C later, but then somebody forgot to do that? Because <laughs> I was like, Stinky? Really? That's pretty lame. <laughs> yeah. So after that, we go to theme. Uh, the audio for the theme has been remixed. Did you notice? So we noticed... It wasn't this episode. I meant to say it in the last episode that the first two episodes in theme, Delenn mm -hmm. has her old face. Yes. And then in Geometry of Shadows, she has new face. She has her new face. And Ivanova gets her promotion in the credits in this one. Oh, okay. So that's how we had time to remix things is like we yep. had to do it anyway. Yep. She's listed as commander instead of lieutenant in these opening okay. credits. Okay. And uh, Sheridan's dialogue is also re-recorded. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I'm going to have to, I'm going to go listen just to see if I can hear the, the diff. You'll notice. Too. When I, I read it before I listened and I immediately knew. Okay. It's a bit more bassy 
um, it swells a bit better. Okay. I think I'm glad you the, pointed that out. A better version of the season two theme, which was already one of my favorites. So mm-hmm. it's a good theme. It's a good it's theme. A good theme. We come back on a shot of the Explorer ship alongside Babylon 5, giving the feel that this is almost a miniature version of the station itself. They're even kind of of a similar geometry. Yeah, and this, you know, there might be a little bit of forced perspective here, but it looks Mm -hmm. like this ship is almost as big as the station, like almost as long. Yeah, it's it's a huge ship. Regardless of the force perspective, you can tell it's very large ship. Right, and and at one point there's a star fury that flies by so you get a little bit of scale because we kind of have Mm -hmm. an idea now about how big is the star fury and it flies Mm -hmm. past i mean it makes sense that it would be large it's been you know it's years in between resupplies so that means it has to grow all of its own food yeah i don't maybe it's not ivanova that says it but in the discussion with sheridan and ivanova she says somebody says something about five years we think this ship has been out Mm -hmm. for about five years john and jack catch up walking around uh when they run into delenn Mm-hmm. Sheridan makes an introduction and explain that she's changed, but he isn't sure he's been told the whole story yet. Mm-hmm. So he's still kind of out of the loop about what's happening. Jack comments this posting in particular seems out of place for his old friend, mm-hmm. which is a reoccurring theme. It's something that Sheridan will focus on throughout the course of the episode. You might even say fixate. <laughs> mm-hmm. We cut to Med Bay where Franklin is giving Garibaldi some shit about his diet. No, 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 no. Food yeah. Uh, why Dr. haven't Franklin. we figured this out yet? Yeah. <laughs> Medically, like, why is this a thing still? Yeah. Dr. Franklin really needs to listen to some maintenance phase. Maintenance phase is one of my favorite podcasts. I don't know if I've mentioned that yet. You haven't. I'm not familiar with this podcast. So, maintenance phase is hosted by Aubrey Gordon and Michael Hobbs, and they kind of tear apart some of the ideas that we have about health and some of these particularly dangerous ideas that we grew up with because they're about our age. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of this nineties stuff, they would just kind of tear apart. You know, Franklin is basically prescribing that Garibaldi needs to eat better. Yeah. Um, he, Aaron was cracking up because he prints out two sheets of paper. <laughs> so we haven't escaped printing, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to tell Garibaldi what he can and he can't eat. And then he vows to come for the rest of the senior staff's joy as well. Yep. <laughs> I am the weird one who takes paper notes still. I, I do like paper notes. I've been lately keeping them on my Google Drive just because it's easier for me to not lose them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I love a paper note. I do notebooks. I've yeah. got like I've got notebooks going back uh, like six or seven years at this point. It's like yeah. I just work my way through one. I annotate the day and the subject of every page. So I know when I took it Mm -hmm. and I can just go back from there. I'm going to admit something really heinous now too. Sometimes I print out an email so I can make handwritten notes on the email about like, you know, if there's like next things that I need to do Mm -hmm. and I need to like map it out in my mind, I will print out the email and then I will take, you know, like create my map in handwriting on that printed email. So I, I will not begrudge anyone a process to get through late stage capitalism that works for them. <laughs> Thank you. Just full stop, whatever it is that gets you through the day, do it. Uh, <laughs> you know, if it's not hurting anybody, paper is a renewable resource. It's That's one of the true. few. That's so. true. I used to I used to give myself a lot of crap about it, especially if 
if it's something really important and I need to make sure I get it done, like by the end of the week, sometimes mm-hmm. it's like having paper on my desk is going to trigger me more to do it than say a calendar reminder that I can just hit snooze, 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 snooze. Yeah. <laughs> I leave emails on red for things that I need to do. Mm. If it needs a response, I reply to it immediately. But if it's something I actually have to do, I leave it on red in mm. its appropriate folder because I'm one of those people who has a giant hierarchy of rules and folders in their outlook. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I should try that. But I do have 11 post-it notes on my monitors right now. <laughs> I love the post-it note on the monitor. <laughs> yeah. None of them are passwords before anyone gives me crap. Not yeah. a one. <laughs> You're not Londo. No. So Sheridan recaps the first three episodes of the season for Maynard and his quarters. Mm-hmm. And again, Maynard kind of gives him some shit and remarks that it's funny that the president chose someone that the Mimbari hated for this job. And then he keeps mm-hmm. needling at Sinclair, asking if he's happy, insinuating that he's been tied to a desk, which is just rude. We cut to Garibaldi and Sheridan West Winging, and we find out Sinclair... <laughs> was way more micromanaging than we thought because he's yeah, you like think so? G- garibaldi's giving him like oh there's this petty crime theft thing was ring and all this stuff and he's giving all these details and she's like i don't care handle it that's your job and he's just like so claire like to know this stuff and it's just like you were being micromanaged bro is he is he micromanaging or does he just love a good gossip i think Fair. i think sinclair just like the tea <laughs> or or is Sheridan just absentee boss? Mm. All Could very valid readings. We can read this in all these ways. Yep. We cut to the bar with a scene of trying to make us care about Warren Kiefer. Uh, when he brings up a headline that we saw in season one, does stuff live in hyperspace? That was on one of the newspapers from season one. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just I just love Universe Today. I think it's a great call yeah. out to the 90s and yeah, everything. USA Today. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He says something, maybe not living, but stranger than we can imagine, lives in hyperspace. Yep. Yep. Ooh. Sheridan follows up, and Maynard shares a story of seeing a ship of shadows. Yeah, something black dun, dun, against dun. space. It blotted out the stars. Sheridan remarks that Maynard is the second person in a month to tell him something strange is happening on the rim. Mm-hmm. So, you know, reminding us that that was Jakar early in, I believe that was the second episode, but earlier in the season. Yeah. Um, so. They just want to know what's going on on the rim. Do you know what's going on on the rim? What's yeah. going on on the rim? Anything something's cool? going on on the rim. You don't got to tell us. You don't got to tell us. But if you know, if you know, if you know, you could tell us though, right? Like, I think it'd be fun if you did it. Just, you know, just, you know, just you know, stuff on the rim. You know, you know, it's going, you know, just live there. You know, like, just, it's just, it's just one note, just one note. Did you know? Because we know, we, you know, my, we were there, you know, Zod and whatever. You know, it's cool. It's cool. You know, I'm going to drop it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so. We have a kind of an idea about where we're at in time here, too, because we know that that had to be about early January when he had the conversation with Jakar. So Mm -hmm. we're probably in about February, maybe, maybe early Mm -hmm. March right now at the latest. So we're clipping through time here. Yeah. In an unnamed freight area, Garibaldi is arranging to receive some contraband. Garibaldi is smuggling butter to the station. This is a delight. I think that... Jerry Doyle's co-actor was just 
spot on right here. He was great. <laughs> I love it. Garibaldi smuggling butter to the station, making the ghost of Julia Child smile. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. And Sheridan gets a diet plan. <laughs> yeah. So then Franklin has come for Sheridan now, and he says that he needs to lose 10 pounds, to which I say, fuck right off, good sir. <laughs> right. He looks Every, amazing. He does. <laughs> 10 pounds. That's just a camera. Yeah. Get, get with it, Franklin. Jeez. Yeah. Sheridan is also not impressed. After this, Delenn deals with some racist bullshit and quotes. Let me check my notes. Herself from last season. <laughs> Understanding is not required, only obedience. Mm, I don't know if that's a great look for a society. <laughs> look, it was rude to Lanier, but you were his boss. So mm -hmm. I get it. To the people you represent, fuck uh, off, Delenn. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah. a senator saying this to a constituent? Yeah, not a good look. And, you know, to be fair, if you want to, like, spin this to think about it a different way, if we went out into space, mm -hmm. you know, human humans finally go out into space, like real space. Get it. Yay. And we met a race of, like, lizard people or something. You know, I'm trying to something. think of something that's not like us. Tentacle people. I don't know. Yeah. And then one of my friends puts themselves into a giant cocoon and comes out with scales or tentacles or something. I'm mm -hmm. going to have questions. I'm yeah. going to have a few questions. And I think that's natural. Yeah. I think that's okay. Hey, like, where'd you get those tentacles from? You got to tell me. I'm just trying to know. Are you, are you still a human being? I mean, I can't do it again. <laughs> can't do it twice. <laughs> can't do it twice like that. No, I only have so much of that voice. I got to save it. There's a one per episode quota. We've already <laughs> filled it. So, yeah, she tells him, you know, I'm more one of us than ever, which is creepy and weird and vague and not an explanation. Holty. So he calmly states that they will be sending a representative to the Grey Council and she appears to accept. Mm -hmm. Yeah, whatever. Cool. Fine. So it's high, Delenn. Get the name straight, bitch. She, she well, care. is it still, though? I mean... Okay, so back in Med Bay, it's Ivanova's turn for getting mm -hmm. harangued by Dr. Knows Best. And he says that her problem is she's not eating enough of the right things, which are causing some deficiencies, which is what vitamin supplements are for, my dude. Like, yep. <laughs> she does have a banger of a joke here, though. Yeah. Oh, uh, my life, I've fought imperialism. Now I am the expanding Russian frontier. But, sir, I do never, ever, 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 ever want my medical professional to tell me I have a pleasing figure. Knock that off, right. Dr. Creepy Franklin. shit. I don't Sci -fi care. Sci-fi doctors in the 90s, why are you all horny on Maine? <laughs> Every last one of you, please stop. Uh, yeah. <laughs> good, Put down good the candle. Point. Do not light the candle. <laughs> At least it's gender neutral, question mark. The anyway, Maynard departs on the Cortez after they finish their resupply. Uh, Vanova is reporting more diplomatic minutiae to Sherrigan, who again is like, This is your problem. Mm, yeah, what a terrible <laughs> boss! Yeah, she calls him out though, she calls him out yeah. about this and asks him if he needs to do some therapy about it, which totally, yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean. It is one thing to micromanage. It is another to give your employees grief when they come to you for help. Yeah. This is not a, like, 
as someone in leader, a leadership position, this really, mm, I was very upset. I didn't like this for the same reason that I don't like the office. Oh, and that's, yeah. I see Michael Scott as someone's actual boss and I mm -hmm. get visibly angry that this person was trusted in a position of leadership mm -hmm. <laughs> because he shouldn't be. Yeah. So basically it boils down to, he feels like his life is, you know, was more exciting, had more meaning when he was captaining in space. Mm -hmm. And he's afraid that his career has been sidelined. And Ivanova basically like slaps him a little bit and reminds him that, you know, Babylon 5 requires just as much skill. There are just as many important things to be done as mm -hmm. out in space. He's been trusted with a lot. So by the end yep. of the scene, he sort of acknowledges and gets back on the horse. Yep. There was a bit about apes writing off evolution if they knew politicians would exist. <laughs> that was good. Uh, we mm. cut to a bridge explosion without shaky cam. Yeah, maybe that's why it seems so weird. Did you feel like the scene was weird? I wrote honestly jarring as my notes on this scene. Yeah, I yeah. I have some critiques about Russ Tamblin's portrayal of Captain Maynard from here on out. <laughs> yeah. And the Cortez is lost in hyperspace. Yeah. God. We're lost in hyperspace. We're not addressing this fire in the background. <laughs> yeah. Like people are just running past the big flames. We find out that there was something that caused a reactor spike, knocked everything offline. Tracking system was knocked out, meaning that the lock-on signal to the jump gate was lost and we're adrift. Uh, meanwhile, at Zocalo, our senior staff minus Franklin are sat before their meals. We have a salad, a salad mm -hmm. and a roll, and a plate of fettuccine Garibaldi. Oh, I thought and that the other plate, the middle plate, I thought it was a salad and a meatloaf. That's what it looked like to me. But that makes more sense given how eager Sheridan is to grab it. I just thought he was really a bread guy. <laughs> I, th I thought it was a meatloaf, but I could be wrong. Yeah. So they're all angry about their food plans. I just want to say that one of the things that Franklin criticized Ivanova's, you know, deficiencies was iron. And I'm pretty sure that that spinach salad had a lot of iron in it. <laughs> <laughs> Cursory Google search says that spinach is a good source of iron. So I'm not sure about Garibaldi or Fettuccine Garibaldi. Is that what we're calling it? Or Garibaldi <laughs> yeah. Alfredo? Well, his middle name is Alfredo. So yeah. Fettuccine yeah. Garibaldi, I think, rolls off the tongue nicely. Yeah, it does. It does. It's good. So they all blame Garibaldi for this. They switch their meals around until Franklin mm -hmm. sneaks up behind them and forces the quick switch back. So I think it's a good humor moment for yeah. the episode. And it's some Three Stooges shit, and I'm here for it. Yeah, I'm here for some Three Stooges. And we haven't really like gotten the four of these characters together at once much. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I think them having dinner together is a good, like a working dinner. Like we're just doing a yeah. quick thing. This isn't the fancy, like when Sinclair took... Ivana and Garibaldi out for his engagement dinner or whatever. Yeah. This is like, we're all. We're in the middle of some shit. We're going to eat real quick so that we all know that we ate and yep. then move on with the day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There. The Cortez sends a mayday from hyperspace that Babylon 5 picks up. And Ivana gives us the stakes. No ship in hyperspace has ever been rescued. Yeah. Yikes. Sheridan finds these stakes to sound particularly good at the moment. That's a joke about his diet plan. 
Uh, meanwhile, Dylan lies and shits on Garibaldi's plans. Oh, this was very funny. It's like she's getting examined by Franklin. She doesn't really want to be. And so she just throws some shade over at Garibaldi and says, uh, why don't you go look at look into these Banya Cauda black ops? <laughs> yeah, right. Sheridan briefs the pilots with the plan. There is some doubt from them. They don't know if this is possible. If you don't know where the ship is, how do you find it? It's like, yeah, that's that's kind of the point, dumbass. Well, I, hate, I, I get asked these questions in IT a lot where I'm all oh, like, hey, hmm. I need you to find the server that's causing the problem. And someone whose job is to fix that will be all like, what server's causing the problem? And I'm all like, no, no, no. That's what we need you to find out. That's what I need you to do. I mm-hmm. need you to find out and then fix it. Yeah. Yeah. And just tell so me I, which one is the problem. <laughs> right. Just tell me which one's the problem. I'll take care of it. It's like, n- no, that's the easy part. I know that's the easy part. <laughs> I need so, you to find the problem. Sheridan is proposing that we're going to make this chain of lifeboats mm-hmm. reaching out to look for the Cortez. And I love this idea. I love the explanation. You know, it's a very sci-fi thing that we're doing right now. Yeah. But I don't know, to me, like, can you, if you can move any direction on any plane in space, and the, presumably you can do that in hyperspace as well. Yeah. Isn't this a bigger long shot than on the ocean where you are just moving it's in one, one plane. plane? Yeah. For sure. Well, you'd be on the ocean. You'd be moving in two planes. You'd have your north, south and your east, west. Okay, sure. In space, but now you have the got, Z, yeah. the up, down. But theoretically, the Cortez had a course plotted that theoretically Babylon 5 would be aware of. So they can probably go, okay, well, she was heading northeast and kind of only with the the Z axis figured in there as well. And kind of I'm that was not a logical leap for me. That was just like, oh, well, of course they knew where the ship was going. They've got space GPS. (laughs) Yeah, sure. That's that's a good good way to write it. If you don't have space GPS. Why? Also, that's the whole point of how hyperspace works is you have to go from a very specific point to a very specific point. Mm-hmm. And, if and you, we've just lost sight of our very specific point. So, yeah, you kind of just also like if I were to do this plan, right, you've got your ships, your Star Furies, they're like a thousand meters away, right? So you put them on a thousand meter hypotenuse, not a straight line, and you rotate it. Right. So you've got a 700 foot and you use that or a 600 foot because the 500 foot range in the middle, because you don't want to dead zone out the center as you go. So, I mean, you might fly through the center and then expand and then go and do Mm -hmm. the whole thing, but you could slowly expand that out to the farthest points to cover more and more space. Okay. Okay. You've, you've mathed me there. Back in CNC, we get some backstory, TM, 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 as the ships keep up with their search. When a crab ship shows up, kills a pilot, and then strands Kiefer in an attempt to make us care about him. Yeah, this is wild. Yeah, he goes full self-sacrifice. His uh, his engines are toasted. He's rotating, and he knows the direction to head, but he can't get there. So he starts shooting the direction towards the other ships for the Cortez to pick up the signal. Now, I know we've heard that people sometimes complain, specifically physicists, physicists Mm -hmm. like to get the physics right. But I think this is another time where Babylon 5 gets physics a little bit better than other space shows. Because can you imagine seeing a shuttle like doing this, a Star Trek shuttle? 
doing the rotate bit and shooting. Yeah. Like the Star Fury is at least designed in this way that makes that sort of sense for physics. So I think it looks cool. You're really going to like Battlestar Galactica when we get to it. Yay. (laughs) For for a very similar reason. Okay. Um, The Cortez comes through the jump gate and Sheridan gets the bad news about what's his name? I mean, Kiefer. Um, (laughs) Well, I think Kiefer's commander gets a bigger like shaft in this whole episode. Yeah. Because this is his one and only episode just so he can die. (laughs) He gets axed by some shadows. Yeah. He Um, gets exploded in hyperspace where no one can hear you scream. So um, I have a bit about the ship being named the Cortez from JMS that there's not really a good place to put in this episode. Well, let's just do it here. So, so while we're mourning uh, the loss of Warren Kiefer and his mm-hmm. self-sacrifice, let's talk about the Cortez because someone called JMS out for naming a ship the Cortez back in 1994. Mm, wow. Right. And he had a very good answer. Okay, what is it? Hit me. So he's like, should a ship have been named a Cortez considering what effect his arrival had on the Native Americans? JMS mm-hmm. goes, if Cortez had not landed in northern Mexico, do you think it would have remained undiscovered until now? Fact one, somebody was bound to discover the Americas. Fact two, any sufficiently advanced civilization or culture will inevitably attempt to exploit any civilization or culture not sufficiently advanced to fight back on a level playing field. Okay. Blaming explorers for exploring has always seemed kind of silly to me. Do people really think that if Columbus hadn't landed here, it'd be 1994 and we wouldn't know the world was round and this continent was here? It doesn't matter who discovered it. The results would have been the same. Someone had to discover it sooner or later. It's the Londo idea. Like in in the last episode, the techno mage says, I could kill you, but someone would take your place. Exactly. You still did great evil, but... The, I can't stop this evil from happening if it were not you, then someone else. It's the inevitability of Londo. Mm. There's an episode title. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Man. That's kind of bleak. <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just kind of bleak. It's bleak, but it's also like very aware for 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Long before Columbus Day was renamed anywhere. It hasn't been in Oklahoma yet, which is weird because we're kind One of like day. all Native Americans here. Oh, well, maybe that's why. Uh, uh, fucking... Anyway, let's lighten it up by going back to Garibaldi. Garibaldi's picking up his package and he gets discovered by the buzzkill. Yeah, Franklin catches Garibaldi smuggling butter. And Garibaldi tells him the story of his dad, how he makes this dish every year. And Franklin's all like, okay, well, you better smuggle another batch of ingredients in to make dinner for two. (laughs) (laughs) It's the annual Banya Cauda celebration. (laughs) Delenn visits with Sheridan in the garden Mm. and offers her condolences for the lost pilots. Delenn remarks that they were there in the right place and saved lives, just as Sheridan was in the right place to put them there. She reassures us of the wisdom of the universe and that she too has seen Carl Sagan speak. (laughs) Star stuff. Star stuff. (laughs) Kiefer, while drifting, sees that crab ship again. So he follows it out of hyperspace. Somehow. (laughs) Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't this imply the shadow ship is at B5? Right. Because he said that I followed the way it came. And it's like, well, then if that got you back to Babylon 5, then um, 
this giant scary ship that just indiscriminately is killing things is at the station and you just don't mention it till you're at the bar later yeah <laughs> what oh boy uh, i followed that uh that foreign fighter pilot that unidentified ship home you know you know that you know, it was a big deal no who cares that it was hovering over dc whatever it's just like <laughs> how? how yeah how yeah so i've been calling the that place the jazz bar in my notes <laughs> uh, yeah. apparently it's the what'd she say the officers club yeah <laughs> so all the 90s officers love their spooth jazz cool 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 <laughs> Yeah, this is the spot where we cut in the girl from Infinity. I was thinking Careless Whisper. Okay. We'll find some good. Don't worry about yeah. it. Uh, we get a triumphant return to commercial. And when we come back, we're at Space Bar where uh, they're talking about the pilot that the Shadows killed. They give him a toast. They discuss the ship. And Kiefer wants to know more. Spoilers. No, you don't. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I do like. Maybe calm uh, down on that a little bit. Kiefer's not like a superstar character, but I do like his. He's whole the thing. worst character on Babylon Five. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The worst. the The worst reoccurring character. The worst. Oh, you couldn't even wait for the season wrap up, huh? <laughs> he is worst reoccurring he... character declared now. <laughs> if it's the whole show it's not even just the season um he's he's miserable he's terrible it's i i don't like the character of warren Kiefer. change my mind <laughs> we cut to uh garibaldi's quarters after this uh where he and franklin are drinking hot garlic butter and anchovies yeah <laughs> I, I do know we've talked about this off pod. We do yeah. both want to try this. It just couldn't happen for this episode. Yeah, I found the recipe. If anyone was uh, curious, the one used was from Jeff Smith's The Frugal Gourmet. It is a half cup of olive oil, one stick of butter, five cloves of finely chopped garlic, six anchovy fillets mashed, and black pepper. Heat oil and butter together in the top of a double boiler. In a small skillet, cook the garlic and a bit of the oil until soft. Add the anchovies. Cook until the fish turns into a paste. About five minutes. Mix this paste together with the hot oil and butter. Transfer to a fondue pot to keep warm on the table as it will congeal as it cools. And then you just dip bread in it. Yeah. I think I saw you yep. could do veggies too, but they're clearly doing bread in this episode. Yeah. But Gotta yeah. make the most of it. It's cheat day. It's apparently delicious. So according to these two characters. I'm sure. It's pure fat. It's fat and garlic. It's got to be delicious. Yeah. We don't find out what dessert is, and that's a damn shame. It's got to be tiramisu. Like, it's got to be. You think? Oh, uh, Garibaldi's head... totally a tiramisu guy. Okay. I was picturing, like, cheesecake, but okay. Yeah, it might be cheesecake. I could see that, too. Man, cheesecake sounds good. What you're doing after this. Meanwhile, uh, Ivanova checks in on Sheridan who is doing paperwork. We get quiet contemplation about the universe to close the episode. And I think you can tell in this season or in this, this ending that he's a little bit charmed by ambassador Delenn. Yeah. It's a little he's bit got there. The little, 
little bit starting charmed a, face. Starting a little thing. Hmm. Mm. Thinking about thinking about that Delenn. Hmm. Mm. Star stuff. Mm. Mm. Little swoon. <laughs> just not a big swoon. Just a little swoon. Just a, just a little swoon from, from Sheridan. Just a mm-hmm. little swoon. What a swoon. Okay, so tell me, how do you feel about this episode? Two out of five. Whoa, you said you, you gave it uh, a big haircut. Tell me, tell me what uh, makes you feel two out of five. We get some cheap laughs. Garamaldi committing crimes for personal gain. A boring <laughs> main plot and Kiefer shoved down our throats. Pass. <laughs> See, the things that, that gave me like little downvotes in this episode was Russ mm-hmm. Campbell's acting for me took a bad turn yeah. at the when we go adrift in hyperspace and I didn't think anything he did was really captainly and I That's looked fair. him I looked him up just because I'm doing that right now with guest stars and his like biggest credit was West Side Story back in the okay. 60s he was something in West Side Story but he's he's again that kind of like older Hollywood actor. So that to me is maybe where his little like overacting and hamminess comes from. Mm-hmm. Cause he's like, he's the captain and this is a disaster. And he's like, Oh my God, what's going on? You know, like jazz hands is what, how I feel about it. <laughs> and it's just not captain to me. So that took me out of it quite a bit. Yeah. I would have preferred him and Sheridan snap fighting. <laughs> that would have made a more interesting episode. Dance fight. Yeah. yeah, I did love the stuff about hyperspace. I don't know the the look of hyperspace, the ideas that we learn more about hyperspace, all very good. But yeah, it does. It did take me out of it a few times. So it's it's interesting that you told us up front that this was not a JMS episode. You know, I would give this one a three. I didn't quite discount it as much as you did, but still it falls off from the previous episode for me for sure all right next up we have season two episode five the long dark an old ship arrives from earth with two bodies two humans aboard b5 experience horrifying visions which dr franklin tries to interpret dun 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 i think i vaguely remember this one i don't once we get into it we'll see if i remember it or not okay well thank you to jeremy siegel for our theme music thank you to angry deck time machine on instagram for our podcast artwork and feel free to email us with any uh, questions or comments or anything you want to say for our mailbag segment at whoareub 5 at gmail.com. And then uh, get on the Discord. We've got a Discord now. We're talking, we're talking episode spoilers. We're having a lot of fun on there. Mm-hmm. Lots of memes. It's been a blast. Uh, you can get the link either by emailing us and asking it for us if you need to, or also it is on our Facebook About Us section now. Yeah. And I'll clarify there is spoiler town. So if you don't want to be spoiled, you don't have to be in spoiler town. You don't have to follow yeah. that hashtag. So um, you can also just come for the cool hangs. Yeah, we do have a channel specifically dedicated to being current with the pod. So mm-hmm. you can have conversations about the show without having to worry about spoilers there. And of course, we got all the good memes, the freshest mm-hmm. memes, the freshest memes. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. Bye.